Hi there, I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Hello, everyone. Well, I want to start out today with a question. Why is it that prayer is often a difficult thing for us to do and to do it consistently? And I ask because I, too, struggle with maintaining a prayer time that is consistent and uninterrupted. Then I begin to allow myself to feel guilty and that I'm letting God down. Well, today we're going to dive into this and we're going to talk both about prayer and medication and to provide you with some great prayer guidelines as well as some good old-fashioned grace. Well, the first step is to understand what prayer is and what prayer is not. And many times as Christians, we are not taught much about really how to pray other than it is something that we're supposed to do, right? And so often we get caught in the trap that prayer requires some unique fancy formula or that we're doing it incorrectly. And therefore many people don't pray or they're afraid to pray out loud. And that's really sad. So I hope I can help you today. Let's get past that and learn and turn prayer into something that is just glorious and that you look forward to. But there's a verse I want to share with you in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He tells us right there, you guys, in every situation, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. It's that simple. So as believers, this is a promise for all of us. We simply lay it all at God's feet and we receive His peace. And the only way to experience this peace is by spending time with Him in intimate and earnest prayer. So the act of prayer is just to simply talk to God. You do not need any formal training to do this. You just need an open and willing heart. But what prayer is not is merely just going to God with an agenda and demanding that he does this or he does that. There's nothing in the Bible that teaches that. In Luke 22:42, we find Jesus himself crying out to God, and he clearly says, Not my will, but yours. Even Jesus knew that it had to be God's will and not his own. So by far, knowing God's will in your life will be the most challenging concept for most of us to understand. God is here for us, and we can bring all of our requests to him. Yet he alone decides what he will do with them. And when he does not grant our petitions, sadly, many lose faith. However, how many prayers have you given to God that were answered at a later date? 
perhaps your prayer was answered completely differently than what you expected. And we in our limited and finite minds cannot possibly know why God chooses to answer or to not answer our prayers the way he does. He is God and we are not. We must hang on to the fact that he ultimately has our best interests. He also sees the big picture that we cannot. What we may see as an unanswered prayer may be a blessing in disguise. And it reminds me of the song that Garth Brooks sings, Unanswered Prayers. How so much truth is in that. But I have found that developing a little bit of a prayer routine really works for me. Staying in touch with the Almighty Father takes time. And if you desire to tap into the theosynthesis cycle, which is the balance of the mind, body, and spirit, you must take time for Him. You must believe that this time is as vital as sleeping, eating, and breathing. A vibrant prayer life incorporated into your daily life will provide you with a deeper connection to God, thus filling a potentially missing God gap or theosynthesis gap. Offering God your time and your attention to Him will enrich your life in more ways than you can imagine. I recently heard Pastor Rick Warren on a radio show say, Why would anyone want to spend an eternity with God if they never wanted to spend any time with Him while here on earth? That is an excellent question, isn't it? Many people believe that they can simply live the way they want without any regard to God, and then when they need Him, He will be there. And we can't say that God won't or doesn't answer prayers for anyone who earnestly calls out to Him. But doesn't it make sense if you believe He is the ultimate source of life, that you would want to spend good quality time with Him throughout your life? So why ignore Him until something significant happens in your life? Well, for me, in my own life, having God to lean on during the toughest times has been a game changer. And I've said this and I hear others say it all the time. I wonder how those without Christ in their lives get by when tragedy strikes. Without Him, there certainly must be very little hope and it would be very, very scary. And yes, there will still be scary and distressful times in our lives, even with Christ in the center. We live in a pretty crazy world, but the difference lies in experiencing the peace that we can experience as we learn to lean on Him in times of trouble. In my own life, having this power source in my corner has not only helped me through difficult times, but my life is profoundly enriched because of this beautiful connection. I love Philippians 4.7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness, this peace does indeed surpass all understanding. And those who have experienced this glorious peace amid unimaginable tragedy truly understand what this means. And we as humans cannot possibly comprehend everything that God is, and how He supplies our needs. There's no magic sauce in how you pray to God. 
You don't need fancy Christianese words, nor do you need to know every single scripture. You just need a willing heart and a desire to spend time with him. Too many people try to make this simple yet essential task way too complicated. I have immersed myself in a comprehensive, in-depth Bible study for over two decades. And one of my greatest lessons that I've learned in studying the Bible was just a good basic pattern for prayer. And this form of worship can serve as an excellent outline when I'm praying. So I'm going to share it with you. So various prayers are used at different times of the day. And there's those quick, I call them arrow prayers that we shoot up anytime we think of something or somebody comes to mind that needs prayer. Those are just the arrow prayers that you shoot up to him at any time. And then there's the specific and intentional prayer time. And this is what I'm going to be referring to in this prayer guide. And remember, this is your time with God. And you can explore various manners of prayer and find one that works best for you. Jesus instructed his disciples in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, known as the Lord's Prayer. And this prayer really is a perfect example with an outline of how to pray. And praying the Lord's Prayer is a great template and a way to organize your petitions. Let's just read the verse. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom comes, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So let me dissect it just a little bit further. So part one is our father. You are defining to whom you are praying. Part two, your kingdom comes. Your will be done. That is admitting your willingness to be obedient to God and to do what he wants you to do. The third part, give us this day our daily bread. This would be the part where you lay out petitions and your requests of God. The fourth section is forgiveness. Asking for grace and forgiveness of others and self is where you would put this. And then the last part, the fifth part, deliver us. This is where you pray for protection from sin and evil. And so if you just see those five parts, who you are praying to, willingness to obey him, ask him for your petitions and requests, forgiveness and to be delivered. So easy and a quick way to just remember those parts. And you don't need to focus on getting it right, you guys. Instead, just start praying and allow God to help you. And you will find the more time you spend in prayer, the more comfortable you become. And I have found actually a prayer template that I enjoy using and helps me stay focused. So if you can remember three P's, it can help you stay on track during prayer time. I call, a, call this Paula's Prayer Template with the three P's. And these are praise, purposeful thanksgiving, petitions, and requests. So praise, I love to begin with just praising God. And it could sound something like this. You, O Lord, are the Most High. You are the Almighty King. 
you are in control. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And it, that's just a beautiful way to begin to acknowledge to whom you are praying and to give him the accolades that he deserves. I praise and honor God for his attributes and, and just love to acknowledge him. You can actually journal. I created a journal, A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. And in that journal, I listed all the words that begin with A that are attributes of God, almighty, amazing. Then I went to the B's and the C's and so forth. So that's a great way to exercise um, your mind as you really dig into God. And then you've got all those wonderful words to give him the accolades. So my next P is purposeful thanksgiving. And this is to thank God for what he has done in my life and in the life of others. I believe that fully recognizing the things that I'm thankful for helps me put my requests and petitions in focus. A grateful heart and attitude are always a great way to spend time with God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your unfailing love. Thank you that you stopped the rain. Thank you, O Lord, for giving us your precious son, Jesus. Those are some of the ways that I could thank him. And then again, you can use in that same journal a way to create that journal of gratitude. That's such a wonderful thing to do. And finally, the petitions and requests. And this is where I'm putting before him everything on my heart, the people I'm praying for, the situations, children, finances, whatever it is that you wish to give him. This is where I recognize who God is. I thank him. And finally, I bring him my requests. And for the second part of this podcast, I really now want to focus on what the difference is between prayer and meditation. And for many in the Christian church, meditation is not clearly understood. And it's looked on some as something that's ooh, foreign and not of God. And it's easy to see why the term meditation has taken on a negative connotation in the Christian world. And it's easy because many non-Christians meditate to various entities which have nothing to do with God. So we do have to be careful and mindful. But the practice of meditation that does not include God has become taboo topic for many Christians, but it is mentioned in the Bible many times. The question begs then, well, how is it different than prayer? And many people link things like meditation and yoga together because during a yoga session, you're instructed to lie still and to just empty your mind and not think. Go inward to your secret place. Meditation in this sense focuses on elevating humans to a position where they are in control over everything in their lives. And some even want to promote themselves devoid of God or to be their own God. And yes, this is a dangerous practice as emptying yourself completely would try to empty yourself of, of thoughts of God. And really that can leave you open to other things possibly entering, which you probably don't want in your life. So God's word has us focusing on doing all things through Christ. The scripture in Psalm 4610 is a beautiful verse reminding us to stop and get out of our busy lives and just to listen to God. 
and it requires discipline to carve out time to be quiet before him. I find this very challenging to do. You guys, my mind is constantly racing and to simply stop to be still and listen to God. It's hard for me. Yet when I do and I meditate on God, I am instantly relaxed and in a better place. My entire being relaxes while feeling the stress melt away. But being still is still being awake in a resting state. And it's allowing ourselves to take a moment to reflect on God. And when we do this, He will communicate with us in unexpected ways. When we are quiet, we can then be able to hear Him. Psalm 4610 Be still and know that I am God. So prayer and meditation are two different activities. Both are God-centered and prayer is going to him while meditation is allowing him to come to you. I believe that once you incorporate prayer and meditation into your life, you will find your stress level diminishing you will find a balance. And yes, my friend, you will begin to experience the theosynthesis aspect of your life that will fill a void like none other. The God gap will close as you learn to bask in the beauty of prayer and godly meditation. Hi, stay tuned for my mini podcast, Ask Dr. Paula. It'll be in the last five minutes of the show and a time for me to answer your questions. So to submit a question, simply go to drpaulamcdonald.com and click on contact me. I can't wait to hear from you. Hello to Ask Dr. Paula. And this week, I received a question regarding brain health. And this is a huge area of concern as we see such an increase in brain deteriorating diseases such as Alzheimer's and dementia. And it's just so sad when we see people going through these things and at younger and younger ages. And as we've discussed on previous shows, what you put into your body affects each and every cell and tissue, including your brain. And specifically, there are tons of neurotoxins and chemicals that adversely affect your brain that are found in everyday foods and products. And when we ingest these toxins, when we breathe them in or put them directly onto our skin, they are absorbed and stored in many areas of the body. And for this discussion, we're talking about those that directly affect the brain. And so what are some of the main neurotoxins that we need to be aware of? The biggest culprits include methamphetamines or other illegal drug compounds. I think we all know how damaging these are to our brain. Metals such as lead, mercury, and aluminum. Solvents that are found in everyday products such as propylene glycol, parabens, phthalates, synthetic colors and fragrances, sodium lauryl sulfates, And you can look on the side of these products and try to identify these, find these things. And if they have them, refrain from buying them. Find a more 
organic natural product that can do the same thing for you. And then also added food chemicals like aspartame, MSG, and sucralose. These things, you guys, are deadly and you really should get them out. And I'm going to do an entire future show on these neurotoxins because it's such a huge topic. But for now, I encourage you to start researching the things that you eat and put on your body daily. And you may find that there's some things that you need to change. I do have a little place on my website, drpaulamcdonald.com, that's called a resource section. And I have placed a lot of the products that I have researched and feel safe to use. And I welcome you to go there, reach out to me if you have questions about them. But those are the things that I choose to use because being a two-time cancer survivor, this topic is near and dear to my heart. Thank you for sharing your questions with me. And please continue to share your questions by visiting drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on the connect tab and complete the form. As always, live today. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in abundant connection with God.